0: SECTION 36 OF THE JOLLY PARISIENS AND OTHER NOVELETTES. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. RECORDING BY BETH THOMAS. A STRANGE PHILOSOPHER. BY Emile ZOLA. TRANSLATED BY GEORGE D. COX. ONE OF MY FRIENDS, A YOUNG CHEMIST, SAID TO ME ONE MORNING, "'I am acquainted with an aged scientist who has retired to a small house on the Boulevard d'Enfeu, there to study, without interruption, the crystallization of diamonds. He has already obtained dazzling results. Would you like me to take you to see him?' I replied in the affirmative, though not without a secret terror. "'A magician would have frightened me less, for I stand in but slight dread of the devil. But I am afraid of wealth.' and i am free to admit that the man who one of these days shall discover the philosopher's stone will fill me with a respectful fear as we walked along my friend gave me some information in regard to the manufacture of artificial precious stones our chemists had been lending it their attention for a long time but the crystals heretofore formed were of such small size and the cost of producing them so great that the experiments were looked upon simply as revelations of the curiosities of science it was simply a question of finding more powerful agents and more economical methods in order to turn out the precious stones at a lower figure meanwhile we had reached our destination my friend before ringing the bell warned me that the aged scientist who had no love for curious intruders would certainly accord me a most ungracious reception i was the first outsider who had attempted to penetrate into his sanctum sanctorum the scientist opened the door and i must confess that at first i thought he had a stupid air the air of a cadaverous low-lived shoemaker he received my friend politely accepting me with a low growl as if i had been a dog belonging to his young disciple we crossed a neglected garden at the extremity of which stood the house a dilapidated hovel the tenant had torn down all the partitions that he might have but one vast and lofty apartment there he had established a complete laboratory outfit consisting of strange appliances the use of which i did not even try to comprehend the only articles of luxury the only pieces of furniture were a bench and a table of black wood in this den i saw the most dazzling the most blinding sight i had ever witnessed in my whole life along the walls upon the floor were ranged numbers of wretched baskets the willow twigs of which were ready to burst full to overflowing with precious stones each basket contained but one species of gem rubies amethysts emeralds sapphires opals and turquoises thrown into corners like shovelfuls of stones on the sides of a highway shone with living light illuminating the apartment with the sparkle of their flames they were furnaces glowing coals red violet green blue and pink one might have imagined that millions of elfin eyes were laughing on the floor amid the gloom never did arabian tale display such treasures never had woman dreamed of such a paradise i could not suppress a cry of admiration what wealth i exclaimed the value of these gems is incalculable the aged scientist shrugged his shoulders He gazed at me with an air of deep pity. "'Each of these heaps is worth but a few francs,' said he in his drawling and hollow voice. "'They embarrass me. Tomorrow I will scatter them over the alleys of my garden to serve as gravel.' Then, turning toward my friend, he continued, taking up handfuls of the gems. "'Look at these rubies. They are the most beautiful I have yet obtained. I am not satisfied with these emeralds. They are too pure.' Those which nature makes always have some fault, and I don't desire to surpass nature. What discourages me is that I am still unable to produce the white diamond. I shall recommence my experiments to-morrow. When I have succeeded, the crowning work of my life will be achieved, and I shall die happy. The scientist had drawn himself up to his full height. I no longer thought he had a stupid air. I began to tremble in the presence of this one old man who could flood Paris with a miraculous rain. You are afraid of robbers, are you not? I asked. I see solid bars of iron across your doors and windows. It is well to take precautions. Yes, I am afraid sometimes, he murmured. Afraid lest idiots may murder me before I have produced the white diamond. These stones, which really have but little value, might tempt my heirs my heirs terrify me they are well aware that by causing my disappearance they would bury with me the secrets of my discoveries thus preserving the full value which the world places on the artificial precious stones you see about you he grew thoughtful and sad we were seated on heaps of diamonds and i looked at him my left hand plunged into a basket of rubies my right mechanically sifting handfuls of emeralds as children sift sand between their fingers after silence had reigned for some time i cried out you must lead an intolerable life hating men as you do have you no pleasure whatever he stared at me in surprise i toil replied he simply i am never weary when i feel in an unusually gay mood i put a few of these stones in my pocket and station myself at the further end of my garden behind a loophole which opens upon the boulevard there from time to time i cast a diamond into the midst of the street he laughed at the remembrance of this excellent practical joke you cannot imagine the grimaces of the people who find the stones they tremble and glance behind them then they make their escape as pale as death Ah, the poor fools how much amusement they have afforded me i have passed many joyous hours at that loophole his dry tone gave me inexpressible uneasiness evidently the aged scientist was making game of me see here young man resumed he i have in this hovel sufficient means to buy a whole army of women but i am an old devil you can readily understand that if i possessed the least ambition i would have been a king somewhere long ago bah i would not injure a fly i am kind-hearted and that is why i allow men to live he could not have told me more politely that if the fancy should take possession of him he would send me to the scaffold bewildering thoughts ran through my brain ringing in my ears all the bells of madness the elfin eyes of the precious stones stared at me with their piercing glances red violet green blue and pink i had closed my hands without knowing it i held in my left a handful of rubies in my right a handful of emeralds and if i must tell the entire truth an almost irresistible desire urged me to slip them into my pockets but i dropped those accursed stones and quitted the strange philosopher's house seeming to hear the gallop of gendarmes all the way to my residence end of section thirty six